This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. The past few weeks of this podcast have brought us all the way from Nepal to Latin America. And I'm so grateful that so many of you have joined us during these conversations focused on what child discipleship looks like outside the borders of the United States. But today, I want to bring that conversation back to America with Brian and Sandy Rhodes, a couple that I believe have lived out what it means to have God's heart for the nations and develop that same heart in their kids. Now, before we begin, here's a quick peek behind the scenes for the podcast. I ask every guest how they want me to introduce them, and I'm going to read verbatim the way that Brian and Sandy want to be introduced because I think it's the perfect snapshot into who they are. Brian and Sandy have six amazing kids and 11 grandkid gifts from God. They've been in over 70 countries visiting the best child discipleship leaders on earth. I think that about covers it. Sandy starts the conversation describing when she began to recognize how God was calling her to play an active role in what he was doing outside the U.S. Thank you for listening. This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast. I think more in my adulthood. See, I I came to know Christ as Savior when I was 21, and so then began the spiritual journey. I remember when I, I grew up in the New England area, and then uh, my mother uh, got rheumatoid arthritis, so we moved to Florida, the warmer climate. We had to get her uh, to uh, for health purposes. And the cultural difference between the North and the South um, fascinated me, for one. Um, I stuck out as very different, the way I dress, the way I talk, sure. um, and so forth. So that, was, that kind of brought an awareness to cultural differences and then into adulthood, I think, is where um, when we got married and so forth and were involved in our church, we noticed um, we were just fascinated with missionaries and how they were involved in other cultures and just uprooting themselves and living someplace else. And, um, yeah, and I, I think I think with our kids, we wanted them to begin to experience that. And we didn't want we didn't want that uh, the, the fascination with culture to only be our fascination. And so we started doing things to invest in them that way. Now, you guys, obviously, there's the benefit of this being somewhat tied to your jobs, but was it like a conscious choice? Like you're talking about bringing this into your kids. Was there a sit down around the dinner table and talk about how God is, you know, bigger than we could ever possibly fathom? Or was this like a day-to-day living it out? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and honestly, Ross, this was before we became Moana people this was even in my previous career when when we were working uh for another company and we started really then and and we we tried to start being intentional by asking missionaries that were visiting our church to come and have a meal with us and sit around the table with us and talk to us and tell us stories about what life looked like where they were at and we'd encourage the the children too and you know is there any questions you would like to ask you know um, mm-hmm. they live someplace different than we do so find out what their everyday life looked like and uh, so it got them kind of on this thinking pattern of um you know what does that look like Engaging. how is it different yeah. than how we live we, we don't understand that it yeah. was there was there a country like did you guys fall in love with a particular place 
first? Well, yeah, we we did. Um, uh, it, it's real. It's really interesting because um, the probably the first thing we did that was pretty significant in in like a next step was we actually got a family that were in Indonesia, and the country we fell in love with is not Indonesia. But we. we but we really did learn a lot about how to support a family in another country um, as a family back home. And that was a really important part of our, our structure. But then um, we, we fell in love with Romania. And um, it, it's interesting how it happened because um, we, we, by now we had become Awana missionaries and we got to know this couple who were the Awana missionaries to Romania but they had family living in South Florida, right? Right, right, right. So they invited us to come, and I don't think they knew we would come. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So we raised the funds, and uh, one of the things that we had uh, really felt burdened to do is before our children start peeling off to college, we would like to take them for an international experience so they could sure. just experience something outside the U.S. So um, we just packed up all six kids and uh, we flew over to Romania and and they invited us so we came and we spent five weeks in a car driving throughout the hills we were in big cities we were in small villages with no power and no running water and we just spent five weeks um, trying to understand the people and the cultures in Romania it was a fabulous fabulous experience for all of us yeah. And, and changed all of us and and we kind of talk about that as though there were like there were no hurdles like it just happened you know because because you know someone could be listening and they're thinking oh well that's great for you uh, i don't know how you got eight people airline tickets to <laughs> you know to eastern europe um but the reality the reality was we had all those hurdles and and one by one we just prayed and asked god to help us to know how to get done what we needed to get done and God answered in some pretty amazing ways that that weren't because it wasn't because we were special it was just God it was his plan for us to be in that in that place and so God accomplished what he needed to do to get us there I, I really wonder how we would do that today <laughs> but at that time God made it happen well, and God is still God today or yesterday That's right. so That's right. that. well do you have a particular example that stands out? Because I would imagine hurdles to people who hear that story are thinking probably first and foremost finances, but there's probably even conversations around like language or culture shock or kids in school, right? Like there's, I'm constantly reminded of the ways that when God is asking us to do something, when God is calling us into obedience, the world is going to provide a laundry list of ways you can say no in very ways that, you know, if you guys decided our kids domestic education needed to happen as a bigger priority you would have missed out on god's bigger story for you guys but do you have an example of a way that which god kind of came through in an unexpected way well certainly the financial side of it um you know and uh, and if someone wants to hear that story they can call me because it seems like we ah. as, as missionaries we always kind of focus on the financial picture and that's not always the biggest one i don't think but but i'd be happy to explain how that worked for us but but I think, you know, I, I think the timing of it, we had to do it in the summer. Um, it was the only time we could do it. And, um, you know, one of the one of the hurdles was um, it's really hot in Romania in the summer and we were going to be living on the floors. We we did not raise funds to stay in, you know, Hampton Inns or Best Westerns and 
and and um, and the intent was to get in the car and travel. And the missionaries had a little van, and we literally, their two kids, our four, our six kids, and four adults all loaded up into a van, and it was so hot. And we knew it was going to be hot. And it was hot from the day we got there. And it was hot till the day we left. And there were no air conditioners anywhere. And then on top of that, there's a bit of an Eastern European um, view of, of, of wind coming in your window. That if you roll your window down, you will get a sore throat and you will get a cold. Oh, okay. And and so you can imagine it's a hundred degrees out, and they are not rolling down the windows. <laughs> so, so, oh, it was you know that literally that could have just like ruined our whole trip because <laughs> yeah. it's a consistent factor mm-hmm. through the whole thing, you know. But God just gave us grace, and we drank a lot of water. We learned what water was in Romania and yep. we asked for it all the time mm-hmm. well it, you know some of the obstacles too were I mean so there's eight from our family going is everybody on board with this it, what if right. they're not is somebody going to stay back or is everybody staying back because you know we we want this to be a family so you know uh, experience together so so that was one thing of just assuring everybody you know this is an adventure and and so forth and um and then getting passports everybody needs a passport are they all going to come in in time you know so there were just many many uh things that could have just totally overwhelmed us yeah and we just continued to see god pave the way we made a decision to do this and then we just watched every every challenge that was before us he just answered in such a beautiful way it was so evident that we were supposed to to go on this trip i love that i wanted to ask you know you guys are obviously able to speak about the international experience in a very uh your subject matter experts in this but you guys are also parents. You're taking six kids on this adventure of a lifetime. Does anything stand out to you guys when a moment where your kids got it, where one of your kids or all of your kids and you saw the same sort of light bulb go off in them that you guys had felt had gone off in you uh, before they even started showing up? You talk what it was like at the end of the Yeah, trip. so at the end of the trip, we went to this camp and it was up just in the mountains. And, um, and kids came from all over the place. And what was just unbelievable to every single one of us is they traveled a day and a half unsupervised walking walking Hmm. to get to this camp and this camp was a week long and so our children just looked around at all these kids who, who some of them i mean they didn't come with a change of clothes they didn't come with snacks for the trip along the way they didn't stop at stores they didn't have any money to do so and they even came without shoes and so our kids just could not believe all of a sudden Nike wasn't important anymore. You know, the type of mm. shoes, labels weren't really a big thing anymore. And my kids, when it was time to leave the camp, my kids just wept. They emptied their suitcases and left everything for the kids, mm-hmm. everything. Oh, wow. And they just said, can you just go home and sell the house and pack our bags? This is where we want to live. <laughs> so it was one of those God moments that just said, you know, this, you know, you never know as parents if you're doing the right thing, you know? Yeah. And so it was one of those moments that said, wow, you know, I I, I think they get the reason we came up here. And, and so, you know, Ross, it's not often as parents that we see 
uh, all of our kids agree on something at exactly the same time. <laughs> and there, there was total agreement. It was really a spirit led thing. It, it was unanimous. It, w- it was so unanimous. And it was like, like uh, really Sandy and I were kind of like caught off guard because it's like, what do we tell them? I mean, I mean, we feel the same way, but our job is to be a wanna missionaries in Florida. You know, this yeah. isn't our job to be out here. <laughs> And, um, you know, it was really, they almost kind of left us not knowing what to really say, other than we were so glad that God had really moved their hearts like that to see, to see a set of values that were beyond anything that they had experienced before. Sure. I'm sure that anyone who's listening to this is imagining what it's like to try to pick a movie within a family of eight. Right. Right bring them halfway around the world and then the kids want to stay and it's unanimous that's beautiful <laughs> so true. um so, true. so you guys have you know and i'll i'll take the time to just compliment and affirm how you guys have lived this out you know i see this in i work closely with melanie and i see this still lasting in her life um in ways that are just so so clear that god was planting something in your you and your family and your kids that has this lifelong implication and the goal of this podcast especially this sort of focus that we've intentionally made in talking about what this child discipleship looks like outside the borders of the u.s for the past few weeks is beginning to broaden people's perspectives especially during a time where because of covid we are especially locked down especially mm-hmm. narrow-minded especially narrow focused even though some of us like me were already pretty good at that going into a pandemic so someone's listening to this who feels like you know it's been really cool to hear about the different you know parts of the world but you guys are going to have a closer example to what their lived experience is because mo- most of the people listening to this are from are from the u.s how does a family like this start this process how does a someone who is feeling like man i want to get more involved maybe they're not going to romania maybe they're not uh helping a, fa- a missionary family in indonesia but What's the first step like this look like to make this a real family mission like you guys are talking about? Yeah, that's a that's really a great question, because, you know, for us, it didn't start in Romania. So so that the first thing to realize is it starts right where you're at. And and, I, you know, this pandemic has created so many issues and heartaches and just difficult season of life for all of us. And, you know, there's there's people right next door in your neighborhood on the other side of the street that, you know, that really have some deep needs. And the first thing we would say is just start right in your neighborhood. Mm. You know, I the, the world lives on our sidewalk today. You do not have to get on an airplane to to experience other cultures. Yeah. And I don't really think it matters what neighborhood you live in. Um, you, you can, you, if you, if you choose to look, you can look probably right around the corner and see, um, people of other cultures and, and it's true of the church too, you know, that we say all the time, the world lives uh, right outside the door of the church. And, and so, you know, start there, um, develop a sensitivity to gleaning people of different cultures and begin asking them questions and and be inquisitive. That's how it started for us was just just starting to ask questions about people and and listen to their stories 
And I mean, it, it's so rich just to get to know people better and understand how they got where they are. When one of our favorite questions now is when we talk to anybody, we always say, so, um, you know, so where, where did you, where did you live before you came here to be living in the United States? You know, and I mean, that has started thousands of just wonderful conversations. Sure. In such a simple thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, it's a pretty simple question. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, it's just really important for folks to be, to have this brought down to such a practical level, right? Like I would just, I want to really implore folks who are listening to this to not, to not let a no get in the way of what God might be up to in your life. And what I see in you guys, and I, I still remember watching Melanie's face light up when she first, uh, when Brian, you were first talking about Romania back in an early episode of this podcast mm -hmm. and thinking about the ways that that can be an opportunity for your own family, your own kids, regardless of the age right now, and knowing that it can look incredibly different for your context, but to lean into that conversation and lean into that moment of even a simple question, like where'd you live before you lived in the United States? can open up you know god wants willing hearts and that can open up a willing heart into something that you can't even possibly imagine um so Sandy, Sandy, i want to ask you as we kind of wrap things up here uh you know every week on this podcast we talk about child discipleship and we talk about the ways in which uh this sort of old conversation is being made new in how we child discipleship can really shape the future of the church I'm curious if there's a story or something that stands out to you about the ways in which child discipleship is the same everywhere and how you've seen child discipleship play out in dramatically different contexts, both here domestically and abroad. Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I think first of all, it's easy for us to walk by sight. And when we walk by sight, we tend to see the differences in people, in children. But when we really try to see uh, not by sight, but perhaps how God sees, yeah. then it changes our perspective totally. You know, and I, I think about children of today. What child doesn't want to be loved and cared for? I mean, every child needs that. They mm -hmm. not only want that, they need that. They need to know that where they are, are going is a safe place and that they are loved and cared for. That's the first thing I would think of. You know, the second thing I would think of is just a pouring of God's word into them. We want to teach them who God is, not just about God, but who God is and what he means in their life. And they were created by God so uniquely and so beautifully. And God has a purpose for every single one of them. They don't have to wait till they're adults to serve the Lord. God wants to use them right where they are. So we really want to um, uh, instill in them, you know, the word of God. And, and that's universal anywhere you go you know and then and i feel like the outcome of that the two of those things to really um be loved and cared for and then just pour god's word into them then then i think the outcome of that becomes they they're they're christ followers right they they, they love jesus and and our prayer our prayer for our kids um, has been and now our grandchildren yeah. you know and for the children of the world is is that they will understand who God is 
accept that free gift that God gives to his son, Jesus Christ, when he got up on the cross and he died for his sins, not just them, but for the world, and to take that gift, a gift they don't have to work for, and um, receive Christ as Savior, and then become a Christ follower who loves Jesus for the rest of their lives with all of their hearts. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk next week.